ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Welcome into the Thursday, June 23rd edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I am your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to get your phone calls and texts in. We always make time for you. We do that at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Now, if you you like to text in now and then, we got that for you as well. It is 304 304- 396 talk 304 396 8255. If you want to text into the program, tomorrow's show should be fun because we're going to find out about Marshall Baseball. Is Marshall Baseball going to be a reality as far as a stadium is concerned? Are we going to finally get definitive? Yes, no, maybe, never happening. It'll be here soon. What are we going to find out tomorrow? And what Will we find out about the proposal? Of course, that's coming up tomorrow. There's going to be the, is it the emergency special, what are we calling it here, emergency Board of Governors meeting here? All I know is there are going to be a lot of details coming out tomorrow about Marshall Baseball and what the proposed stadium is going to look like. I'm sure it's reconfigured. I am sure that there are differences from the previous designs. I I just want to see a new design. That's what I'm excited about. I want to see what the new vision is, where it's not going to be in the same location. I think that's, we all agree on that. It's just not going to be there at the same location. So where exactly will it be? It's going to be close by. I know that much. We just need to have the official confirmation on where Marshall University's administration is going as far as the president and the athletic director, what their shared vision is for this thing. It'll be 102 days. When we talk to Christian Spears tomorrow, 102 days since he took over as the athletic director. So that's a pretty good timeline so far. If he can get this going, get the ball really rolling. And I don't mean false starts once again, all of us showing up, at a ceremony, nice stage to announce a baseball park that's going to be built here that never happened. No, I, I, I'm with him when he said it previously on the show. I don't want to be having a groundbreaking. I, I want to be a, having an opening. Like, hey, we're going to cut the ribbon. We're opening it up. That's the next time we have this press conference. Not a groundbreaking. Let's just open it up. That's going to be when it's true. That's coming up tomorrow. Now, today. Something we used to do with uh, years and years ago when there's a little bit more of a cohesive conference USA and with the Sun Belt, we're going to start talking to some of our our closest rivals, some of our new rivals, some of our new friends. We're going to talk to a, a, a host of people from different schools like we used to do. And so first up, and I'm excited for this. Uh, we got Colin Lacey coming up here in the next segment. He is part of the Georgia Southern Sports Network for football. He does basketball, but he's also on the football network. So he does a lot of their play-by-play. He does pregame, postgame, halftime for the network for football. So he's a, a big part of that network. He's been there for about 10 years now. And so... That's going to be one of Marshall's opponents this year in the Sun Belt. 
also a former opponent of Marshall years ago in the Southern Conference, back when Marshall and Georgia Southern would really get after each other. It was fun. I think the fans really enjoyed that. So we're going to talk to Colin here in the next few minutes. I'm, I'm excited to talk to him. I'm looking forward to talking to a lot of these people in the Sun Belt because I'm going to be honest with you. It feels like so far. Now, once we get into actual games being played and people winning and losing, you know, I don't know if this uh, this kumbaya feeling here, I don't know if this, you know, this we love you feeling it's going to stick around. No, it's going to be pretty much like can't stand those guys. You know how that goes. Yeah, once once you actually start playing each other. I mean, right now it's great for Marshall because Marshall's undefeated in the Sun Belt. That's going to change one day soon or one day later. We don't know. Whatever the case may be, Marshall's not going to go forever without a loss in the Sun Belt, and that's when it's going to get interesting. So Colin's going to join us here in the next few minutes. We're going to talk to him, and we'll get you caught up in everything that's happening today, uh, some more football Twitter news to talk about. Also today, uh, Marshall University's social media has been doing a pretty good job going out with coaches and players and, and talking about the 50th anniversary of Title IX. So I won't get into too much of that here. I'll give you the opportunity to go check that out because yeah, there are some videos that are being posted on social media for Marshall. So if you haven't had an opportunity to check some of that out just yet, go give it a watch, give it a listen. And Ari Agnes is a part of that. And I've seen some of the stuff with uh, with Marshall Volleyball talking about how important Title IX is and, and the opportunities that it affords female student-athletes. So interesting stuff there. I think it's worth a check out just a little bit. Go watch some of that. I know Title IX sometimes gets a bad rap because, well, programs had to be cut. Well, I don't think Title IX is the cause of that. I just think mismanagement sometimes is the cause of that and the shrinking budgets sometimes. But opportunities are important. And really, without Title IX, there would not be some of these opportunities there. There would probably be a majority of these opportunities not there as now Title IX affords these opportunities. And I think it's worked out pretty well for both Marshall and female student-athletes uh, in general and specifically. So check some of that stuff out today. Again, that's on a lot of the Marshall social media accounts as the Thundering Herd remembering, recognizing the 50th anniversary of Title IX. So you want to talk some football? I do. Let's talk Georgia Southern, one of the opponents for the Thundering Herd. It's going to be a road contest later on this year, November 19th. Don't sleep on Georgia Southern. They finished the year 3-9, and nine, but don't sleep on Georgia Southern. And we'll find out more about Georgia Southern. Sort of a, a refresher course. Because, again, this was the school. This is one of the schools you wanted to get after. If you're a Marshall fan, back in my day. I'm not that old, but back in my day. It's hard to imagine Marshall and the Southern Conference. Back in, back in my day, kids, Southern was a strong opponent for the Thundering Herd. It was always good to get after them, Appalachian State. So I'm here for all of that. So we'll talk to Colin in the next few minutes. 
get his thoughts on the upcoming season, reacquaint ourselves with Georgia Southern. We'll get some of your phone calls and texts in as well. We'll do that. Again, let me give you the phone number. It's 877-420-TALK. We'll do that later. We'll open that up a little bit later for you, but the text line is going to be wide open for you now at 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. So now that you got the text line, you know how to be a part of the program. You can also find me on Twitter at Paul Swan. So you have several ways you can jump in on the show today. But when we continue, we're going to find out a little bit more about Georgia Southern, one of the upcoming opponents, a former and new conference mate of Marshall's in the Sun Belt. That's coming up when we continue with this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Thursday, June 23rd edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Over the next few weeks, we hope to get a chance to learn a little bit more about some of the new members in the Sun Belt, some of the current members, some old faces, some new rivalries. We hope to have conversations like this throughout the summer. And I want to thank, first and foremost, uh, Colin Lacey joining us now. He is from the Georgia Southern Sports Network. He is the first Sunbelt school to join us on the program as we're getting this, uh, this summer kicked off. And, Colin, thanks for doing it. Uh, I think a lot of Herd fans are excited, or at least a lot of older Herd fans are excited that Marshall and Georgia Southern are going to be in the same conference once again. No, I appreciate you having me on. and It's going to be a really cool thing to see Georgia Southern and Marshall get back together, especially on the football side. We've talked about it a lot, how Marshall's move to the Sun Belt really helps the league, not only in football, but a lot of different sports. But it's going to be really cool to see everything get kicked off for Georgia Southern and Marshall once again. What's sort of the, the vibe going on right now? I remember the days in the Southern Conference when Marshall and Georgia Southern would face off. I was a student at Marshall once. I bought the shirt, you know, disparaging Georgia Southern. Every school's got them, right? And so <laughs> I'm excited. I'm happy about it. Are there a lot of Georgia Southern fans outside of the, hey, this is cool, great for the Sun Belt, that maybe go back a ways and think, I'm glad Marshall's in the conference, but, boy, we hated them back in the day. Yeah, there's a lot of, whenever we first started talking about the possibility of Marshall joining the Sun Belt, there was a lot of old school Georgia Southern folks that were like, man, that's going to be great for the conference. And then the next couple of days they started thinking about it and they're like, wait a minute, we didn't like them whenever we played them before. But it's good to have those kind of rivalries. Georgia Southern has kept that with an Appalachian State when both teams moved to the Sun Belt prior to the 2014 season. And so... When you've got rivalries like that, and it's a natural rivalry with Georgia Southern and Marshall, not necessarily geographically, just but based on the history. But being able to have that, that's what college football is all about, and especially a league like the Sun Belt that's growing so much each and every year on the football side, trying to bump up to one of the top G5 leagues in the country. It's games like this that make it one of the best G5 leagues in the country. Being able to have a Georgia Southern and Marshall rekindling old rivalries I think that's good for the Sun Belt. That's good for college football. And I think the great thing about the geography here is this is an easy road trip for Georgia Southern. This is an easy road trip for Marshall compared to going out to Texas all the time or going to parts unknown plus the geography. 
makes perfect sense for the Sun Belt. Sure, other leagues are maybe doing away the divisions, but that seems to be the big selling point here as far as keeping these divisions alive, and it just makes sense. Yeah, and the Sun Belt's interesting based on the last couple of years, whether going two divisions, away from divisions, whatnot. But now that you've got the four new teams coming into the league, the divisions make so much sense, and it actually cuts down on travel if that's even possible with the Sunbelt Conference as wide as the footprint is. But like you said, I think it makes a whole lot of sense geographically for the East and the West, and it cuts down a lot of travel. I mean, you've got Appalachian State going to Texas. That just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to go in the same conference. And luckily, a couple of years ago, the Sunbelt went away from New Mexico State and Idaho because I never thought we were going to get to Idaho on that trip. But it, uh, it makes a lot more sense geographically to go to Marshall, I can tell you that. So it's been a long time since Marshall and Georgia Southern had had a serious football rivalry. So I'm sure things have changed. I'm sure things have stayed the same. What can you tell fans about what they can expect when they play Georgia Southern and when they come in? And it's been a long time since Marshall's been on the road at Georgia Southern. You know, when Marshall fans are able to come down to Allen E. Paulson Stadium, it's going to look a lot different. Whenever Georgia Southern made the move up to the FBS and into the Sunbelt Conference, again, prior to the 2014 season, they went from, first and foremost, they went from natural grass to an all-turf facility, added the football operations center in the east end zone, added a second deck to the opposite or to the visitor side. And so it looks a lot different, but it's the same kind of small feel and Eric Russell called it the prettiest little stadium in America, and now they call it the prettiest little, slightly bigger stadium in America. And so the stadium has grown, the fan base has grown, and I would love to tell you I know what we're going to see coming up on the field next year, but with the change in leadership for this Georgia Southern football program, going to Clay Helton, getting to see it in spring practice, it's a lot different. It's not the option football that Georgia Southern has seen when they played Marshall before. And so you're going to see more of a spread, and it's not going to be a true five-wide, everybody-go-deep type offense for Clay Helton in his first season. He's talked about it. He still wants to be a run-heavy offense. 60-40 is kind of what he's looking for in the run-to-pass ratio. But when you've got a guy like Kyle Van Fries transferring in from Buffalo, somebody that just fits in this offense and is somebody that is able to spread the ball around, and then you've got a really good stable of running backs coming back for Georgia Southern, Gerald Green, Jalen White. Those are guys that have been proven here at Georgia Southern with a lot of young guys. And then you're hoping to get J.D. King, who's a six-year guy transferring in from Oklahoma State a couple of years back, being able to have him for a sixth year because of medical red shirts along the way. And so you've got a lot of talent on the offensive side. It's just a matter of what it settles to be and what it settles to look like schematically for Georgia Southern. That's one thing I wanted to talk to you about. You look at that record last year and you think, okay, how how much worse can it get? It's got to get better. But this is not going to be a three and nine team coming up. That's that record is not what this team upcoming is probably going to look like. Uh, and I, I don't know how to quantify that just yet because this is going to be a tough schedule for everyone. But they're not going to be a three and nine team. This is not going to be an easy trip for Marshall. No, and when you look at what Georgia Southern has done ever since joining the Sun Belt, you look at the first year going 9-3, and 8-0 in conference play, winning the Sun Belt Conference outright in the first year, and you're like, man, this is just going to carry over from the Sun or from the SOCON. You go 9-4 and four the next year, 
and then 16 and 17 hit where Georgia Southern go combined 7 and 17. Those two years under Tyson Summers, that was kind of the wake-up call for this program that you can't just roll out against a Sunbelt Conference team and expect to win like you might have been able to do in the SOCON. Last couple of years, it's been kind of around the norm of what you would expect in a Sunbelt Conference year, 2019, 7-6, and, and then 8-5 and five in 20. Last year, there was a lot of outside factors going on. Ted Lunsford has let go after game four. And then Clay Helton is actually named the head coach for Georgia Southern with still four games left in the regular season. He left the coaching staff that was in place. Interim head coach Kevin Whitley has stayed on as the associate head coach this year under Coach Helton. But you had them finish out that year. But there is so much excitement around this program with Clay Helton coming in. He has put together an all-star coaching staff. And we were talking about it earlier on this morning on the morning show, how it's amazing how much excitement is around Georgia Southern Athletics and Georgia Southern football after a three and nine year. And so you expect the record to go up, but there is so much excitement around this program. A couple of weeks back, we had the groundbreaking for the indoor practice facility. That should be up before the 2023 season. And so there's so much excitement around this program. Now you're just trying to figure out what that translates to in the first year under Coach Helton. Colin Lacey's joining me from the Georgia Southern Sports Network. The game is going to be, I think, one of the more exciting matchups November 19th. But let's talk a little bit in broader terms as far as what can herd fans expect from the Sun Belt. We think it's a better conference. We know it's going to be a better situation for Marshall on the football side. I know basketball, maybe some questions there. Can it get better? Is it as good as Conference USA once was? But what can herd fans expect week in and week out from the Sun Belt? Not just looking at the opponents thinking, okay, this should be doable or, you know, Marshall should be competitive. What's the herd really in for? I think the biggest thing that you look at Sunbelt Conference and especially now with the addition of these new four teams, the biggest thing that you see are athletic departments that care not just about football, but for the entire athletic department. There's really good basketball programs in this league, really good baseball in the Sunbelt Conference. I think that's the sport that kind of goes under the radar that is going to be a huge factor for what the Sunbelt Conference is with this expansion. Baseball has been really good for the Sunbelt Conference this year, especially you get four teams in in the NCAA tournament. You also had the team in Southern Miss coming in. They hosted a regional as well along with Georgia Southern. But the biggest thing that stands out you have athletic departments, you have programs, and there's a big difference between a conference full of teams and a conference full of programs. And the programs are the ones that aren't just show up and kick the ball off and see what happens. It's the ones that you see a lot of community service around the Sunbelt Conference, a lot of things outside the field that, well, when you get to Saturday, you want to see what's inside the line. And there's plenty there. Again, a lot of fan bases that really care about their programs. You look at us, Appalachian State, Marshall knows App State pretty well as well. But a team like Louisiana, who that's one of the more fun trips if Marshall gets to make that trip. Being able to go down to Lafayette, Louisiana, you're about two hours away from New Orleans. 
but they are going to feed you. They are going to love on you until kickoff. Then they're going to hate you for two hours, but then they're going to go back to feeding you and loving you again after the game's over. And so there's a lot of passionate fan bases, a lot of really good people around this league. Okay, I I want to single out because I, I have certain coworkers that are going to ask about this, um, okay. the, the ones that are fortunate to get to go. Um, talk about this feeding part here because uh, that's going to be – just I, I I have a coworker. That's that's his job, the food. So let's talk about this. You know, around the league, there is really really good food. Louisiana, you know, you're going to get a lot of good Cajun food from Louisiana and ULM. Texas State, you know, you're going to get a lot of good barbecue. You've got to go to Black's Barbecue in San Marcos, Texas, and trust me, you won't regret it. Strangely enough, when you go to Arkansas State. Pizza is big in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Okay, Don't ask pizza. Me why it doesn't make any sense, but pizza is really good. There's a couple of really good pizza places in Jonesboro, but there's really good food around the league. And thankfully for us that get to travel, and I know this is radio, and it's probably better for my waistline that way. But being able to uh, go around this league and eat is one of the highlights of this job. There's no doubt. I don't get to travel as much because I got to do pregame, postgame, studio stuff for our local pregame. So, is this the kind of league where I can maybe get a care package from uh, each school? The what, what it wouldn't I... surprise me. Okay, there, there's some, like we said, there's some good folks around the league, and I know uh, Louisiana they feed you well down there, and they uh, they'll definitely send some home with you. Okay, so I could get maybe. Uh, I don't know. Maybe next time Georgia Southern comes up to Huntington, I, I could get maybe something in a some dry ice or something, just a care package. You could bring it. Yeah, that's fine. We'll we'll take care of you. There's no doubt. Okay, I like this. I like this. Uh, we are talking to Colin Lacey. He is part of the Georgia Southern Sports Network. So, how do you feel about as far as the camaraderie is concerned with this league? We we touched on. There's athletic departments that care. The fan base has seen the care. Is that what makes the Sun Belt maybe a little bit more special than some of the other leagues, especially at the group of five level? It just feels like, you know, I've only known you for a few minutes and already, you know, I feel like we're best friends. Is that the general vibe of this league? Yeah, I think it is. And I think it's something special that's not in every league. And like I mentioned, there's a lot of leagues that put all the eggs in the basket for football or put all the eggs in the basket of trying to get to the big markets. The Sunbelt Conference, there's a couple of big, bigger markets. You've got Atlanta with Georgia State, Coastal Carolina right around Myrtle Beach, if you want to call that a big market. But the thing about the Sunbelt Conference, and we mentioned it earlier, that it's not just caring about football, putting all the eggs in the basket. It's all sports. You look at Louisiana softball. You look at different people around the league doing Arkansas State track and field has been the dominant force. South Alabama with women's soccer. And so there's a lot of really good programs around the league. And then, like I mentioned, there's a lot of really good people. We were talking to you guys earlier on in the week when we were setting this up about trying to get some of the different Sunbelt Conference broadcasters on. And it was a simple, there's a group text of, amongst us Sunbelt broadcasters, and it was a simple, hey, ESPN station up in Huntington wants to have everybody on. Anybody care if I share their contact? And within 15 minutes, everybody had responded, no, go ahead, would love to jump on. And so being able to have that group of 
broadcasters especially, but it's even trickled down to when you go to Sunbelt Conference Media Day and get to hang around the Sunbelt Conference football coaches, basketball coaches as well, and being able to just have these relationships, I think it's something that's not everywhere. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Unfortunately, I can't get to go to Media Day this year, but I am excited for the future of that at least. But that's great to hear because it feels like in the past – a lot of teams didn't want to be in Conference USA. A lot of people, top to bottom, just didn't want to be there. It feels like everybody wants to be here in the Sun Belt, old schools, new schools. Everybody wants to be here. Yeah, and I think there's a good core group. And when Georgia Southern joined the Sun Belt Conference prior to 2014, there was a couple that, like I mentioned, Idaho, it didn't make sense. New Mexico State, it didn't make sense. They were just in the league for football, and it just, didn't make a whole lot of sense on either side but you've got a really good core group for George, for the Sunbelt Conference to be able to add to this year and you're adding teams and we've talked about how it feels like the Sunbelt Conference has come out smelling like roses of all this conference realignment you get a team like James Madison moving up from FBS Old Dominion coming in Marshall coming in and Southern Miss coming in those are teams that add to not only the geographic footprint of the Sunbelt Conference but they also add a lot on the field, on the court, not just for football, but to pretty much every sport that they're going to come in contact with. It's so cool to see these teams coming in, and it's teams that Georgia Southern has seen before. You look at Southern Miss, Georgia Southern just played them a couple of years ago in baseball. We've talked about the history that Georgia Southern football has with Marshall. Georgia Southern, the last year they were in the FCS, one of their playoff games was against Old Dominion. James Madison... Their men's basketball coach is Mark Byington, who was at Georgia Southern before making his way up to JMU. And so being able to have that kind of connection with everybody in the league, it's, it's a special league, and I think this league is only going to see huge leaps and bounds the next couple of years. My guest is Colin Lacey. He is from the Georgia Southern Sports Network. Marshall's taking on Georgia Southern on the road November 19th, but there are a lot of good games coming up for Georgia Southern as well. You got Nebraska on the schedule, of course a, a loaded conference schedule as well. This looks like I don't want, know if I want to play this schedule. Nebraska? I mean that these are some really nice uh, games for you and for Georgia Southern and you look at the schedule last year as well. You know, Arkansas was a, a tough one, BYU, of course Coastal Carolina was ranked as well. You know, is, is that pretty much what we can expect year in and year out from Georgia Southern football? Yeah, and the schedules for Georgia Southern football going forward are pretty well set up until about 27, maybe 28. But you're normally going to see, and it's something that started with the prior commissioner of the Sunbelt Conference and Carl Benson, talked about how he wanted to see one FCS opponent, one Power 5 opponent, and then two quote-unquote like opponents. And so with Georgia Southern, you see that opening up with Morgan State on September the 3rd and then going out to Nebraska the next week. And then week three and four for Georgia Southern are quote-unquote like opponents, but a UAB team that just got a brand-new facility, a really nice stadium over in Birmingham, and a team that's really been on the rise ever since the resurrection of the program a couple of years ago. And then a Ball State team that Georgia Southern will see for the first time in about 10 years. And so – being able to see those teams, and it goes back to everybody in the league kind of buying into the same process. And so this is what you're going to see from most teams. There's a couple of teams that will have 
two Power Five games just to get some extra revenue in or a couple of the FCS games to be able to add a couple of wins. But for the most part, what you're going to see is one Power Five, one FCS or one lower conference, and then being able to kind of piece together two quote-unquote like opponents to be able to have a really good non-conference schedule and to try to set you up for trying to get to a, uh, a New Year's Six at some point for the Sun Belt. Yeah, UAB is going to be a tough one for sure. So I'm curious about the rivalries because Marshall has suffered from not really having a true rival for a long time. I felt like the matchups were better in the Southern Conference uh, back in the day. The MAC, there were some intriguing matchups, but I don't know where Marshall ultimately is going to find its rival for, for Georgia Southern. Is it Georgia State? Does it go back to App State? Where's, uh, where's the, the rivalry go as far as the big one? The big one is still Appalachian State. And then the last couple of years, having App State to end the regular season on a Saturday has been a lot of fun. That's been a fantastic game each of the last couple of years. There's been a little bit of a rivalry developed with Coastal Carolina more so in other sports, Louisiana more so in other sports. Everybody says and everybody around Statesboro and Eagle Nation will argue whether Georgia State is a rival or not. Everybody said that the first couple of years when Georgia Southern just dominated Georgia State on the football field, that it's not a rivalry, it shouldn't be a rivalry, it's not. Whether you want to say it shouldn't be a rivalry, the way that Georgia State has handled Georgia Southern the last four or five meetings, and now you've got an even series between Georgia Southern and Georgia State. And so I think it has become a rivalry. There are people that would run me out of town saying that, but I think it's in-state, it's in-conference. I think it's become a rivalry. Georgia State, I think, sees it more so as a rivalry than Georgia Southern wants to let on. But uh, but definitely Appalachian State has become the big one. Okay, and that's until, of course, the thundering herd, right? Uh, that's, that's before Marshall, Georgia Southern renew hostilities. Right. And you, we say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but there are a lot of people fired up for Georgia Southern and Marshall, especially the first year that Marshall's in the Sun Belt, having to come down to Allen E. Paulson Stadium. That's going to be a fun atmosphere, especially if Marshall is able to travel well, as we expect. But that's going to be a fun game that it's going to be interesting to see how that rivalry kind of reblossoms. I'm looking forward to it. Colin Lacey's with me from the Georgia Southern Sports Network. And, you know, I'm excited for a lot of reasons. The football aspect, basketball, of course, is going to be an unknown for Marshall coming into this league. I'm looking forward to that. And, of course, I'm sure you got to be excited as well because Sunbelt soccer all of a sudden is a thing again, and it seems like it's going to be one of the best things going in the NCAA. No, that was huge for Georgia Southern, especially because John Murphy, the men's soccer coach here at Georgia Southern, has been a huge proponent of Sunbelt soccer the first time. Tried to get Sunbelt soccer started a couple of years ago. It lasted for three years and then kind of went away whenever a couple of leagues or a couple of teams decided to upstate drop men's soccer. You had a couple of teams leave as well. But being able to rekindle Sunbelt Conference men's soccer and add teams like a West Virginia, a Kentucky, a South Carolina, UCF coming in, announced just the last couple of days in 23, that's going to be huge for, I think, the Sunbelt Conference because the last couple of years, or last year rather, Georgia Southern and Georgia State had to play in the match. And so it was 
almost every other week, you're having to go to Akron. You're having to go to somewhere in Ohio, somewhere that you've got to fly to that's a lot colder than Statesboro. We talk about fit a lot in the Sunbelt Conference. It just didn't fit. But it was where Georgia Southern and Georgia State had to kind of vacate to until you get back to having Sunbelt Conference soccer. And I know that's something that a lot of people around here are really fired up about. Well, that'll be um, that'll be a different experience for sure because you know, all of a sudden it feels like with this new league, Conference USA just went away completely. It 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 doesn't even exist anymore. And the Sun Belt, I know this wasn't the focus of all this expansion, but it feels like this is one of the the hugest upswings for this league in this men's soccer league that is reformed. Yeah, it's crazy. You go from do you have a league? Do you not have a league? Okay, you're adding these four schools. Most of them have men's soccer. We could get the league back. Oh, Kentucky wants to be in. Oh, West Virginia is looking for a home. Oh, South Carolina's coming in, UCF. And then you're turning around, you're like, well, I'll be darned. We've got one of the best college soccer leagues in the country. So it's definitely a, uh, a complete 180 to some of the conversations that we're having in 12 months ago. Now I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. I appreciate you doing this. My guest on the show today is Colin Lacey. He's part of the Georgia Southern Sports Network. It does a lot of the you do a lot of the keeping people ready to go. I'm sure afterwards you, you gotta you gotta deal with the wins and losses. Yeah, I do the post game as well locally, so I know how those days go. So you do it all for the network, and uh, we're excited. Can't wait to get you up here, and you know, I hope eventually uh, I can make my way to Georgia Southern because. You know that's one of the schools that I was fond of when Marshall was in the Southern Conference, and it's great to be back together again. Really appreciate you having me on, and we got to get you to Statesboro at some point and get you around the league so you can taste some of this great food. That's what I'm looking for, and um, hopefully, <laughs> uh, if if I can't get around the league, hopefully some care packages can make its way to me. You know, I mean, I'm not the I'm not opposed to a, a, an overnight package. I'm not. Hey, we'll make it happen some way, somehow. Okay, definitely. We'll be in touch. I appreciate you doing this today. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate you. That is Colin Lacey. He joins us from the Georgia Southern Sports Network. More coming up The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back. It's the Thursday, June 23rd edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Let's get you caught up on some things that are happening today. Zachary Rogers, class of 2024. He is a defensive back. He can play some safety. He is getting an offer from the Thundering Herd. Also, Jacob Kropchak, class of 2024. He is an offensive guard. He's a defensive tackle. He's six foot four. He's a 300-pound lineman. And he received his second offer, and it came from the Thundering Herd. So Marshall making more offers, trying to close the gap, as Coach Huff would say. So we'll keep an eye on all of that. Of course, you got to have a staff now to keep track of all of the Twitter action with Coach Huff and all the offers. I'll say it again. You didn't know all this stuff before. You had to get like an expensive subscription. You had to get a subscription to a recruiting site. Now you don't have to. 
Just follow Coach on Twitter and you'll find out all you need to know. Save the money. Don't get the expensive subscription. Of course, uh, I'm going to hear about that from my friends over at Herd Nation. They're they're going to they're, they're I'm going to hear about that. No, I'm kidding. Those guys do a great job. And uh, before Tom Bragg decided to step back from doing sports, uh, I thought he did a fantastic job as well with Herd 247. So some good recruiting sites for the Thundering Herd, but it's a lot easier now to follow Herd recruiting. Just follow Coach Huff on Twitter, and usually if you see that Steph Curry gif, the herd's getting bigger, he'll let you know exactly. So we talked about it earlier, 50th anniversary of Title IX, Marshall Athletics doing some really nice stuff on social media. And a texter wrote in let me know that Rachel Folden was on the Cubs pregame show talking about Title IX before the Cubs-Pirates game today. And the texture let me know it can be watched on MarqueeSportsNetwork.com, so we need to check that out. If you haven't checked that out already, go to MarqueeSportsNetwork.com, and uh, we'll see if we can uh, find that video, and uh, we'll try to get it and link to it and share it with you as well. Our text line, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We're going to wrap it up when we continue with this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. How many of you stuck around last night, watched the Avalanche defeat the Lightning 3-2 in overtime? Last night's Game 4, the Stanley Cup Final. Nazim Kadre scored the game-winning goal for the Avs. He's good. He's good. If he was healthy, my fantasy hockey team would have won my league because he was on my team. That's how good he was. So, Colorado, 3-1 lead in the series. I know there's some controversy going on about too many men on the ice. I think he should have scored more goals. If you look at you look at line changes, and I think I think the officials got it right. That's just me. I'm a little biased. I'm rooting against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I am rooting for the Colorado Avalanche, and I am rooting for the head coach of the Colorado Avalanche as I'm a Blizzard fan, and he was a former Blizzard player, Jared Bednar. So there you go. You see where my loyalties lie. So game number five is coming up. On our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. We've got the NBA draft coming up right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Also on Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. So the draft is coming up tonight. I'm looking forward to that. Pirates baseball earlier today. That's why we're able to bring you the draft. Yesterday, the Pirates did not look so good. Sure, the score might be a little deceptive. Pirates did try to come back. It just did not matter It was a bad loss. Pirates go in extra innings today and get the victory. So our producer is extremely happy right now wearing all of his Pirates gear. It was an 8-7 final and walk-off fashion. Congratulations, Christian. You got a win today. The Pirates get three out of four against the Cubbies. So you got to feel good against the mighty, vaunted Cubs. Just forgot to win one yesterday. So uh, Pirates uh, win the series three games to win. One, they have now won four of their last five. So there you go. Pirates are better than 
they're better than what we thought they were last week. They're off tonight because it was a getaway game for the Cubbies. So we've got the draft, and that's coming up here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So future of the NBA starts tonight. We just had the final last week. We're already at the draft. Uh, the NBA draft, I think it's the be- one of the better drafts. I think it's better because it's not that long compared to others. You get to the business at hand here. I mean, you're drafting the very best. There's no third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. You know, you're getting the very best, and then everybody else can go and be found in free agency. You got the developmental league. You got options there. So there are options. So I like actually watching the draft the NFL night one I like watching the draft but I don't like watching it for four straight days into Saturday I just I'm not big into it it feels like four or five days it's it's three days but it feels like four yeah because you got Thursday Friday Saturday it just but it feels like we've done four or five days by the time we get to the end of it and at that point I want to know who the who the big stars are, and then I guess it's better. You know, the NFL is probably better to do it this way. It goes by pretty pretty fast, but at that point, you're looking for impact players of value. NHL draft, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of because it's sort of like a hybrid of baseball, only because you're going to draft players that not necessarily are going to be ready to play. It's like a future. It's like a speculation draft, just about. There's. There's no, okay, we're going to draft this kid and they're going to immediately hit the roster and make an impact. I mean, you've got, there's so much development, though. There are so many developmental leagues. There's junior hockey, there's minor league hockey, there's overseas hockey and those professional leagues. There's so many, there's college hockey. It's it's sort of like a different version of baseball. It's, it's fun, it's interesting, but at the same time, you're not going to draft a first-round center and that player have an immediate impact unless they're pretty special. That does it for this edition, The Drive, on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.